dark days for the Goliverse. A technological terror. Star Wars reference. Erased a decade's worth of geekdom. Meanwhile, fans lash out at one another as they find themselves divided by differing opinions. Only morons take shots at the Revan Jedi is the most important Star Wars doesn't get transformers at all. Sequel was just a shameless money grab by movie house capitalists. Then, in the darkness, a voice breaks through the cacophony of trolls, whiners, and Twilight fans. We can geek out together. One upload at a time, the light breaks through, and like a comic book character who dies and returns two issues later, the safe place to geek out returns. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. It's been a bit. It's been a minute, as they say. My name is Steve Glosson. Glad to be back along with you, geeking out. Once again, uh, we were struck um, in the early weeks of, or later weeks of February into March with um, just some stupidity from... uh, from our friends at our hosting provider, and um, we've we've had we had to re-upload everything and do everything all over again, and and it's been a bit of a mess. But we're back now, and if you're listening live at Mixler.com/slash/Goliverse, we welcome you and thank you for being a part of this. Uh, many of you on the East Coast will notice it's uh, oh it's almost midnight, and uh, some people are saying well maybe because Ready Player One opened at the time on the day of the recording of this particular episode. Maybe Steve's seen Ready Player One, and he's going to talk about it. Nope, haven't seen it yet. Um, I'll be honest with you. As it pertains to Ready Player One, it has really, outside of the Techno Retro Dads, it's flown under my radar, and I've kept forgetting this happened. I am so looking ahead. I've looked past everything to April 27th, now April 27th, to the release of Avengers Infinity War. Everything I see about that movie absolutely gets me more and more stoked. And I know there are those people who are like, I'm kind of getting over the superhero genre now, and it's really not my favorite anymore. And I'm really, you know, it's it's just kind of getting repetitive and old. That's fun. That's fun. You know, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. I love the superhero genre. I love what's going on, especially with the, with the Marvel movies and what have you. And, um... Uh, DC has been very hit or miss, as we all know. But uh, for myself, not not I'm not saying that's your opinion. I'm saying that's my opinion. Everyone, calm down. You may now remove your fingers from the home keys. Uh, but uh, you know, it it's um, it's a thing where I have really enjoyed all the Marvel movies for the most part, and I'll be talking about one of those uh, in this episode tonight that we haven't gotten to. Uh, we'll be talking about Black Panther a little bit on this episode, and. Um, 
and some other things we're we're uh, looking at depending on uh, how we get through emails and stuff looking at taking your calls so go ahead and uh write this number down wait hold on a second i need to go back and check that number because i can't read my own handwriting um it's 706 622 706-622-4456. Also want to wish everyone a happy Easter, happy and joyous Resurrection Day as we approach the Easter weekend here in the States and, uh, well, I guess all over the world uh, if you're a uh, if you, <laughs> I guess it's a Christian holiday. That it's not Thanksgiving. It's not the Fourth of July. It's not something that just lasts here in the states. It's all over the. It's a worldwide phenomenon. You know, it's only the resurrection of Jesus that uh, people all over the world who are who are believers in Christ celebrate. So, um, it pardoned me for my ignorant nationalism there for a moment. I forgot my place. So happy Easter to everyone who celebrates and to our Jewish friends. I hope you have a wonderful Passover. I think Passover is coming up soon and uh, we wish you the best uh, during that time as you uh, celebrate that season uh, of your faith. Now, um, we got to do some business here, so please bear with me as I get very honest and very humble once again. Um about the Patreon situation. I, I want everyone to understand something that I appreciate so much your support at patreon.com slash geek out loud. Um, I, I have never taken it for granted that there are those of you who choose to donate, uh, to keep everything going, uh, your hard earned money. And, and it does mean the world to me. And it has been, uh, in the past, it's been a lifesaver. And, um, and, and you have been incredible to be so generous and, um, and, and, you know, and it's been, and it still is a, a big boon to me, uh, from month to month as, as I'm still getting my life settled from, from just a period of really about five to six months where Patreon was almost all I had coming in. And so I greatly appreciate your support through that. We don't have the wall of fame back up yet. The wall of fame is still under construction. Um, but I do want to uh, give some shout-outs here. Um, I'm going to go down through a few here now. Uh, Steve Bennett, Tad Winter, Mark All, Jeff Fawcett, Bill Fisher, Alicia the Admiral Pettit, Brian Morowski, Matt Robertson, Maureen and Paolo Paulini, uh, John Lowe, Jonathan Maples, uh, our friend Steve Schoenborn from uh, the Lost Hours podcast, Thomas Merritt, uh, David Wyhee, uh, Larry Lopez, Wendy Cooper, Geeky Catholic Dad, Kevin Keene, uh, Mr. Scott Riefen, Lord Scott Riefen as we call him, Noella Kingsley, Chris Hansford, uh, The Quiet Guy, um, uh, Michael Smith, Michael Williams, Hiram Reed, Jason Hunt, Damian Waldron, James Young, David Michael, David Valdez, Travis Fishburne, Ronnie B., Tim Hill, Jess Becker, uh, The Apartment Earth Gallery, Anthony uh, the Blessed Cheesemaker, Scott Carmichael, Keith Walters, Naomi Cook, um, Allison Wiggins, Ben Foster, Brian Gronwald, Warren Haney, Rodney Johnson, Andy Babacht, Greg Sorber, Troy Westfall, Michael Morris, Jamie Swan, Emily Dixon, Riley Blanton, Jimmy and Georgia Tucker, Jamie Jones, Jason Corbett, Phil Martin, Eric Galperin, Dominique Garant, the International Man of Mystery, Calvin Bigelow, 
Justin Grant, Jeremy Burtz, Angie Grant, Chicka Fant, Angie Grant, Chicka Fant, uh, Scott Dickens, Adam Mark Lennard, Jonathan Ward, Ryan Rudder, Joey Mays, Brandon Boylan, Bobby Gordon, Philip Fulton, Christopher A. Heiser, Gabe Vermont, uh, Thicket, aka Shogun 2000, Justin Brady, Michael High Nip, Garen McAuliffe, Anthony Rotella, the Thunderquack Podcast Network, Brian Beatty, Jason Hackett, Sarah Sewell, uh, Jimmy Kemp, Clinton Sanderson, Clark Wilson, Steve Crowder, one, one quarter of the infamous Crowder Boys, and Joshua Harris. Thank you all so much for your support of the Goliverse. We, I greatly appreciate you, and um, I appreciate everyone who listens, and, and you mean the world to me. And I just want you to know that I don't take it for granted, even though the, the exclusive pods haven't been there. Um, it, it gets difficult sitting down sometimes to try to watch a, a movie and, and do the commentary and everything, and that's no excuse. Time has been a factor. You've noticed that uh, with the technical difficulties and real-life um, events that take place, um, and 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 it's honestly taken me a good year or so to get adjusted to the position I have now, and it's uh, I'm still a little bit in shock and awe of of what I'm doing, you know, in, in my personal and professional life, and I'm still a little bit in shock and awe of uh, of 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 how all this has ended up and and where I've ended up, and and so and then there's other things that are going on in my personal life that have just caused me to have to figure out now how to reschedule and how to do time. And I can't used to, there was a time when, uh, geek out loud. We do, I do a geek out loud and turn around and do Starkville house of L and sky next and be up to like three in the morning and then get up and go, go, go the next day. Those days are over. Grown up. Steve can't do that anymore. And so I'm really trying to figure out how to do this, but I've got a great idea and I just want to go ahead and, and whet your appetite. I want to put this out there that there's, a lot of people have been calling for Steve Star Wars Corner to come back, and um, with all of the um, with with all of these um, different uh, different movies and the different reactions, especially to the Last Jedi, um, there's a, there's a lot to chew on and a lot to think about. And one of the things that I've really been interested in, and, and, and when I've had a spare moment, maybe driving down the road or, or just laying in bed at night, probably when I should be praying, um, my thoughts will turn to Star Wars. And one of the thing is, one of the things is that uh, I have to look and see what's being done with the Force uh, post George Lucas's involvement. And and that really has led me in my own mind to begin to have a discussion. You know, anytime that you're studying scripture, and and I don't mean to, and I don't want to offend anyone by comparing Star Wars to religion, but let's face it, it's been done now for over forty years. Um, people have compared Star Wars to religion, and um, and when 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 you sit down to like study scripture or any type of theology or any aspect of theology. One of the things you do is you start with Scripture and you begin to dig around through the Scriptures to find out what the Scriptures say about this particular aspect of theology, whether it's end-time stuff, whether it's the way the church is supposed to be, whether it's the, the doctrines of salvation, whatever it may be, you know, morality, values, and that sort of thing. And so I thought what would be really neat to kind of revive Steve Star Wars Corner 
Um, and, and I'm going to be bringing in a friend on this one, hopefully, as we work out our times to do this, um, is to take and, and break down the theology, for lack of a better word, of the force, forceology, if you will, forceology. And, as, and, and, and doing so, not taking any of the expanded universe stuff uh, right off the bat. We, we're going to put all of that stuff to the side, and we're going to take what is uh, in the movies and on the TV screen, and, and we're going to begin to explore the theology of the Force, and we're going to do it in the order that this, this whole idea of the Force was opened up to us as viewers. So we'll begin with A New Hope and what Ben Kenobi had to say, and then uh, then we'll move into Empire and what we learned from Yoda, and uh, then we'll move into Jedi and, and what we discovered there, and we'll examine what the for, what kind of powers, for lack of a better word, the Force gives the users, how someone uses the Force, um, the will of the Force, destiny. We'll get into all those things as it pertains to the Force in Star Wars, and then and we'll even get into midichlorians. And, and what, is it, what exactly is said about midichlorians in The Phantom Menace and how that pertains then to the Jedi as we know it. We'll get into uh, the dark side and, 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 and the balance of the Force, and we'll get, into, um, we'll get into things like Mortis and the Bindu and all of these things as this particular series progresses. And, um, of course, it's all going to be opinions, but we're going to try to base it on the source material that we have as viewers um, so that we could um, so that we can really break down these ideas. We won't be getting necessarily early on into the video games, into books, into comics. We're going to try to stick strictly with what we have seen on screen and what and even and what's really going to be difficult in these conversations is is we're going to start my, my goal and my plan is to start that conversation almost as noobs. So when we're talking Star Wars, we're going to develop the idea of the Force based solely on what we see in Star Wars. And from there, you know, we'll add to that, episode to episode, we'll add to that. And I'm going to do these things, I was going to do it as a segment on Geek Out Loud, but um, because I want to be better about getting exclusive content to those of you who support us via Patreon... This is not a money grab. This is not trying to punish those of you who love this kind of stuff and can't can't do the Patreon. It's it's me trying to fulfill the promises I've made through Patreon because I I recognize that I'm probably the worst Patreon uh, user ever in the history of that service. And you guys have been so incredible and so great um, that we're going to do that. And and because they may. Um, because they may not be uh, super long episodes, um, what we're going to do is readjust the 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 tiers a little bit so that so that if you want in on these things over the course of the next few months, uh, these discussions, the the idea hopefully is to have my friend Shaz Bazaar on with me. That if you want in on these things, we're going to lower the the pay tier to like two dollars instead of five dollars, so that you can be in on those, those, those specific episodes. In the meantime, I hope to be able to sit down and bank other exclusive content um, out away so that we can, um, so that there is constant exclusive content starting in April 
and and moving on through um, for a while. So, um, so I, I again, I, I don't do this as a money grab. I do this because I want to be faithful and 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 I want to be a man of my word and integrity because I know that that's Patreon is one of those things that stresses me out because when I think about it, um, I I feel absolutely a hundred percent guilty for for the way things have been done and i and i don't want anyone to think that i that i take you or your support for granted in any way um so if you want in on that hopefully beginning in april uh it depends on me sitting down with shaz bazaar initially um will those those will begin to go up uh not next week which at this time would be the first week in april but probably the following week as I'm able to nail Shaz down to do an episode about it and and get going, so I, I seriously thank you all for your support of Patreon. If you want to if you want to jump in on this, Patreon.com/slash/GeekOutloud. Patreon.com/slash/GeekOutloud, and we appreciate your support. The other way right now that you can really support us, and and we desperately need the support, is using the Amazon links that you'll find at GeekOutPodcast.com, GeekOutOnline.com, and now BigHonkinShow.com. There are three websites you can go to to support us through Amazon. Um, one more piece of Goloverse news. The Big Honk and Show website was obliterated. Um, the feed was obliterated. iTunes removed us from iTunes uh, because it was just down and dead. All the links were dead for so long. And so we have be- begun to rebuild that Big Honk and Show catalog. And one of the neat things is, is right now we're doing about a month worth of shows every day because they were weekly shows in the beginning. So you're getting about four shows out there a day. That's about um, three and a half hours of content every day from the Big Honkin' Show. But one of the neat things is, is right now those old shows are there and they're available to find very easily in the iTunes feed uh, at BigHonkinShow.com. Uh, they're there. You're talking about Steve and Buck. You're talking about uh, Steve and the mayor of Denton, Georgia. You're talking about... Steve and his sister-in-law. You're talking about Steve and his friend Josh. You're talking about sometimes Steve Solo. So not Steve Solo as like Han's brother, but Steve Glosson going solo on these shows. And it's amazing to go back and listen how pathetic and bad I was. But there is some gold. There is some gold in those old shows. And it's also interesting that if you're a current listener of The Big Honkin' Show and you're in on things like The Animal Apocalypse or Smooth Criminal News, um, to, to hear... The, the, the beginning underpinnings of where those things would actually begin to blossom. And those things really blossomed in what we call the second or third age of the Big Honkin' Show. Um, so check those out. We've got all of our shows from 2009, from the, the ones that we have available. The one, in fact, there's only one show that's missing, and it's a show that did not record um, early on. And so we've got all from September through December now of 2009 up. I would encourage you to go back and listen. There's some great stories on there. It's a great way that if you haven't been on the Big Honkin' Show train and you want to kind of go back, it's a great time right now to catch up, and you should be able to do it fairly easily as these old shows are coming back into the feed, and and, and you can have them. And I want to thank Jimmy and Georgia, Travis Fishburne. There have been so many that have just kind of helped out. Shaz Bazaar has helped, uh, and um, uh, I believe it's Stuffity. Uh, made sure that I had links to the, the proper links to um, the old Wayback Machine, where I can just see the description of some of these old shows and push forward. Now, as we get into continuing to update, there are going to be shows that never hit the feed that are going to end up in the Big Honkin' Show feed. 
as we as we move along. So um, that's going to be neat and exciting to get some of those shows where maybe they were late night big honking shows, maybe they were morning uh, the the daily morning show. Um, we're going to those will start to find their way into the feed, and um, and it's going to be a good time. So uh, if you if you are not subscribed to the Big Honkin' Show. And it, look, we don't really talk geek talk a lot. We just have fun. And uh, and so if you're not subscribed to the Big Honkin' Show, do so now. And uh, and, and you'll 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 enjoy it. But uh, those Amazon links are, are huge. We're going to get other links up to, to some of our other sponsors to get those things in place, uh, ways that you can help support the show. But right now, those Amazon links are very, very key. And we appreciate everyone who uses those to do their shopping at uh, amazon.com that's all the business out of the way wow what a boring 20 minutes what a boring 20 minutes we've got to pick it up we got to pick up the pace and we're going to do that right now as we jump into some emails Our first one comes from Scott Dickens. He says, hey, Steve, so glad to hear the shows from the marathon posted online. I missed the event, had a birthday meal and sick kids during that time. Glad to see you're getting it all up and running. Um, he says, I also enjoyed listening uh, for to your and Shaz's talk about Star Wars and Last Jedi while I was eating a large bowl of soup at lunch today, a solid lunch break. My main point, what song is at the end of the Goal Returns episode? I know that music from somewhere. It has such an epic... 80s feel. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was Magic Sword Journeys In. That's what I've been using lately. Magic Sword Journeys In. Their whole album, uh, the, the album I have by Magic Sword, is called uh, Volume One, and it's it's got some good stuff all throughout. There is um, it, it's that it's that synth, that new wave synth stuff that's really really good, and um, and I would. Uh, I, I would I would check those I would check them out if you if you like that feel and then I've I found out through that there have been other people who've sent me recommendations for some different synth music like that and I'm telling you it's all great it just reminds me of a fantastic uh, old school eighties 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 movie just watching an old eighties movie it's so much fun uh, Adam W says Steve thank you thank you for coming back online thank you for politely sharing your view on the Last Jedi. Many people are falling into two categories of it, hating those who love The Last Jedi or hating those who hate The Last Jedi. You expressed one of my biggest inner turmoil issues, the formulaic shift away from Lucas. The Last Jedi was the first Star Wars movie ever to not have a Skywalker in its final frame. That includes Rogue One and, uh, and the Clone Wars animated movie. Hmm. Let me, let me walk through really quickly. Episode 4... It, yeah, that's Luke and Han up there, then Leia at the dais, and then uh, Empire Strikes Back is Luke and Leia on the ship. Return of the Jedi, that's the whole gang there around the fire at the Ewok. Uh, episode 1 is the thing, and Anakin's up there. Episode 2 is Anakin and Padme. Episode 3 is Owen and Beru holding baby Luke, looking out to the sun. Episode 7 is Luke and Rey in that helicopter shot, and you're right. Episode 8 does not have... A Skywalker in that final shot. It should have. It should have ended on the shot of everyone at, and I say it should have, and I know that that's one of those things like, well, no, it shouldn't have because it didn't, and that's not, you know, that's your take. It should have ended 
It should have irised out with the shot of everyone on the Millennium Falcon. It's fine that it didn't. I'm coming to terms with, with everything, but but I just feel like there were some fundamental filmmaking things, and I've said that before. Wow, I haven't even thought about that. And even Rogue One had Leia. I don't think we'll see that in the Solo movie, though. So, you know, let's get used to it, gang. We, and that's fine. That's fine. Uh, instead, we're giving Obscure Stable Boy. Ryan traded the faraway hero for a relatable toy-collecting kid. Ryan traded the myth for a message. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't Star Wars to me. I enjoyed it, but it left me caring less about all that came before it and not needing to know what happened next. Please keep going with the show. We need a fun, safe place to pick aspects apart, both the good and the bad of the movies we love, and disagree without degrading people who disagree. Thank you again. That's what Geek Out Loud was set up to do, to have fun, intelligent conversations about this geek stuff that doesn't really matter. It's not worth breaking up friendships. It's not worth the energy of calling people names. It's not worth, if someone doesn't like something, that's fine. You didn't make it. The only person who should be concerned about people's reaction to any movie or comic book or anything are the creators and the people who put their time into it. And I know that, you know, some art is not, it's art for art's sake and all that good stuff. But at the, at the end of the day, if you're putting something out there like a movie or music or art or a book, when you put it out to the masses, you hope it's well received. If you don't hope it's well received, then what you're doing is performance art. And you're hoping that down the line, you know, you think that eventually down the line, you, you want some, you want people to respond in a positive way to what you're putting out there. If I don't, but I don't have a horse in this race. I've never made a dime on Star Wars outside of selling my stuff secondhand. I've never put an ounce of energy into Star Wars in the creative aspect of it. And so why would I get mad if you don't like something that I like, or you do like something that I don't like? That's, that's what opinions are, and it's fine, and it, and that's where it gets fun to kind of break down and talk about things. And I thought, and I do not to pat myself on the old back, but I do think we had um, some really good discussions uh, about the Last Jedi with Chaz Bazaar, and then of course with Erish and Teresa, and you know, and and there are people who absolutely love the Last Jedi, and that's great. That's fine. Um, I'm, I now fall into the category of old fogey when it comes to it. And, and again, that's, that's fine too. I mean, that's just, that's who we are and that's okay. You know, because we, we're good enough to, to, to have di differing opinions, everybody. Ben Foster, uh, has emailed in. Ben is a good friend of the show and, um, Ben just wanted to say thanks for us singing the old Geek Out Loud is on, Geek Out Loud is on, Geek Out Loud is on, Geek Out. Oh, my Lanta. Snippet, snippet, snippet. I, I can't find it right now. If I could find it quickly, I would uh, I'd go ahead and play it. It's a fun song. I love the way that the, the piano works in that song. It's such a good time, that song is. Let me see if I can... If it's anywhere here, I don't know where that is anymore. That's unfortunate. Oh, well. Um, he has a, uh, a an album out called The Fandom Menace, F-A-N-D-O-M, Fandom Menace, uh, by Ben C. Foster. You can find him on uh, SoundCloud. And um, there's all types of different uh, songs that are geek-related on there, and I think you will you might enjoy it. It's a, it's a nice uh, nice album to add to your geek collection. You can check them out. Not, did I say SoundCloud at Bandcamp? Uh, Phil Martin says, 
I had to write and say thank you for your recent podcast where you viewed the timeline of DC and Marvel movies through the years. If they're not Star Wars, then Superman would forever be my Star Wars. Few things in the artistic world, artistic world rather, do, uh, do I love more than Star Wars and Superman. John Williams from 1975 through 1984 composed the absolute golden era of scores with the likes of Jaws, Star Wars, Close Encounters, Superman, Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Return of the Jedi, and Temple of Doom. When you were describing what it was like to sit in the theater and watch Superman Returns and hear some of those classic Superman John Williams cues again, oh man, I got you. I completely understood because I was in the same boat. I actually got chill bumps just hearing you describe the airplane stadium scene and how the music blasts as the crowd welcomes him back. I might have even wept a little bit just listening to your podcast during that moment. So great. I needed that. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. I'm glad. Look, I, I feel like Superman Returns has aged really well. And for all of the problems people had with it, when you watch that movie, it's so beautifully and wonderfully shot. Um, and there's so many great moments in that movie. One of my favorite moments is when he's remembering back to being a kid and they strike up that basically that Smallville theme again. Um, and John Ottman uses it, I think, really well as he's jumping and, and almost flying and that sort of thing. I thought it was... Fantastic. I had a great time doing episode 235, just kind of walking back through the old superhero movies and, and seeing where we've come from and where we are now. And um, it, it, and some people are saying, you forgot this show and you forgot that show. And, and I really wasn't focusing in. I tried not to focus in too much on TV. I was really wanting to hit those movies more than anything else, but I felt like I needed to mention TV along the long. But, um, but the movies have been so interesting to watch those things come and go and watch the way audiences have evolved. And it, and it really plays into one of the things that I think is true about superhero movies as a whole, and that is that there's a reason these characters have lasted as long as they have, and it's not just money. They've, they've, Marvel has had to, you know, Marvel filed for bankruptcy back in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, DC has struggled at times, and you know, all of these different companies, they, they, they've, they've fluctuated, but they've always kept those characters out there, and kids have always responded to those characters, and, and, and they've become a part of our, our very, the essence of American pop culture. Um, and there's a reason, and I, and I think the reason goes deeper than it's cool to watch people fly around or jump around in, in, in spandex and bright colors. There's something to each of these characters that resonate within us that goes beyond just entertaining us that and so the closer that these films have gotten to doing these characters uh in the same spirit and the same they haven't deviated and i don't mean on a costume looking level but i mean on a personality character trait level <clears throat> the more experimental people try to be with superhero films I think the less successful those films are. And I think we, I, I'm not sure. I would like to, to give that a test run and see how that goes. But when you're true to the heart of the characters and when you're true to what those characters are at their very core, I think you find success. And of course, Marvel cinematically has, has found, you know, the magic formula and they're not sharing it with anybody, but I don't think it's that hidden. I don't think it's something that's that hard to figure out. Um, you know, Patty Jenkins did it with Wonder Woman. Uh, I feel like Snyder and Whedon together did it well with Justice League. Um, they came as close to what J Patty did with Wonder Woman as anybody 
in in the DC universe has done with their movies since uh, since Christopher Nolan. So you know, I I'm really uh, I'm really thinking that that there's something to these characters that caused them to last. And you've seen it where they've tried to create characters in the comics that just haven't stuck. They haven't stuck around for one reason or the other. Um, and and in recent years, pardon me while I pull my soup my soup box my soapbox over. In recent years, and it began in the early two thousands, there became this push to make the villain relatable because you got to have a relatable villain. Um, you know, it was no world domination was not good enough anymore. And what that translated into was having villains that were almost too sympathetic and heroes that became almost villains so much so that Dr. Doom right now in Marvel comics, or at least he was about six months ago is running around kind of as a superhero or an antihero. And Doc Doom has always been an interesting character because he has his own sense of honor and, and, and some type of nobility, but he's also evil at his core. He's selfish and he's and he's evil at his core and he's a jealous, petty human being. But we kind of strip all the way because well, we want Doctor Doom to be sensitive. Doctor Octopus, same way. You know, suddenly we're gonna make him this sensitive person. But you can't get away from these broken evil characters and and, and then expect the superheroes to be likable. So you gotta be very careful. It's a fine line and, and I feel like they stepped over the line a little bit. Uh, in recent years, and and it's caused us to have things like Civil War, which, you know, a lot of people loved, but myself, I just saw it as kind of the, uh, not a good thing for superhero comics, to have the heroes fighting each other, you know, Um, and and I keep wanting to be set right in the comics, but it always seems it comes back to heroes fighting each other. I will say this, I did finish up Secret Empire, which was a Marvel comic comic, crossover miniseries and and basically here's the premise captain america uh, a couple of years ago everyone freaked out because captain america the the they'd relaunched his title in the last issue or the last page last panel is captain standing there over someone and he says hell hydra and so suddenly captain america's for hydra and they said it's not a dream it's not a hoax it's not a clone it's all this stuff and so and so they went with this and then secret empire is the story of that captain america finally coming to full power uh, and, and, and Hydra taking over the United States. They have put up a shield around the Earth as the Chitari are bearing down on the Earth, and, and they're bringing just wave after wave of all these Chitari. And so all your super cosmic characters are outside that shield getting pounded and, and you know just being slowly beaten down as they keep pushing back wave after wave of Chitari. And then in, over New York, there was this black dome of energy that was placed so that basically New York is cut off from the rest of the world and left basically to starve, and there's no light, and there's really no hope there. Because And then so all the heroes there are trapped there, and there's a small band of heroes that are trying to form a resistance, you know, outside. They blow up all of Las Vegas at one point. It's just a, it was really this bleak whole thing going on as Captain America is trying to establish order. And, uh, you know, and he's now the, the supreme leader of Hydra and everything. Well, what had happened was, is the Red Skull used a cosmic cube to rewrite history and rewrite who Captain America was. He still became the super soldier, but he did it under the leadership of Hydra. And he infiltrated uh, in his weak state America and, and um, after being raised by Hydra to be basically a sleeper agent. And, um, and so he's, 
so he was posing the whole time, you know, as this great American hero. That's what the Cosmic Cube did to rewrite history. Well, there's something neat that happens in this secret empire, and that is in the netherworld, kind of in another dimension, almost a a purgatory-type place. Uh, Steve Rogers is running around, and he's trying to help people, and he's trying to save people, and he runs into the Red Skull, the real Steve Rogers, runs into the Red Skull, and um, the Red Skull says, there's only one escape from this, it's to, it's to die, and I'm going to wipe you out of all, you know, out of everything from now on, and um, and he overcomes, you know, there's just the smallest glimmer of hope, and Captain America overcomes, and then the cosmic cube that had been busted in all these pieces was reformed, and the and it was a sentient being that, you know, the cosmic cube actually will evolves into these sentient beings, these cosmic cubes do. And so this child, Kobik, uh, who had rewritten all of history, is now back, and she's going to try to make things right. And, um, and so uh, the real Steve Rogers comes back, or what we know is the real Steve Rogers, and you have Captain America versus Captain America. And and he's fighting for hope, and he's fighting for good, and he's fighting to undo everything that was done in the name of evil. And it was actually, there. it was very sloggy, because there was a lot of talky-talky in each of these, in each of these issues. But man, to see, I feel like they nailed the ending pretty well, as far as hope wins out, you know, and, and, and hope does not disappoint, and, and Captain America is good, and, and he's, he's everything that's right with the world, and that sort of thing. So... Um, it, uh, it was, it was good. Um, you know, it, it ended up being pretty good. So I say all that to say, I, I, I fear sometimes for the state of superhero movies as we try to put our, too much of our spin on them rather than let these characters be who these characters are and let Superman stand for truth. And ju- he likes truth. And he's also a big fan of justice. I love that line. And I love Henry Cavill's delivery of that line in, in the justice league movie, because it's cheesy, but when it's Superman saying it, it works, you know. Um, let Batman smile a little bit. Let Batman be a little more personal. He doesn't have to be so brooding all the time. He can be intense, you know, and scary. But he's the contrast to the light that Superman is. But they're both fighting for the same thing. Um, you know, let these people be a hero for everyone. You know, Wonder Woman is a hero for everyone. Uh, the Flash doesn't have to be anything more than just this really good dude who is taking his powers and using them for good. And, and as he gets, you know, caught up in all these different time instances and everything, it, he, you know, you don't have to make these people selfish. You, you, you can give them a sense of nobility and a sense of purpose that is beyond themselves. That's okay. Um, and, and we'll see that as we get into the Black Panther a little bit, we'll, as we talk about that momentarily. Jonathan says, I was listening to your episode 235, Superhero Movies, and you were talking about Batman 1966. I remember watching the reruns of it back in the 90s, and what got me into watching the Green Hornet is the crossover they did. Also, Batman, from what I remember, was supposed to be campy. I love everything superhero-wise. Also, I was talking to a co-worker from a job I had years ago, and we got into talking about the Black Panther and how I wanted to go see it with the wife. And he says the following, Wouldn't it be better... Oh, I'm not going to get into this, <laughs> Jonathan from Birmingham. That look, Black Panther is a great movie because of the people that are in it, because of the story it tells, because of the action, because of the throwbacks to 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 all the good Marvel comics of the past. Um, it's quality actors, it's quality made, it's quality story. And we'll talk about that more in a moment. There's Shane from Grand Rapids sent a great. Um, 
a great link uh, that Kenneth Johnson has posted, and it's the every reason that the Hulk has uh, that Bruce Banner hulked out in the TV show. Um, this is um, th- this is <laughs> it's really really good. Um, everything from there's a lot of getting tossed over over bars and that sort of thing. Let me just give you a couple of highlights here. Received a lethal injection, then having a person say, oh, I just gave you a lethal injection. Sorry, David. Wandering around in the service ducts of a hotel, uh, only to accidentally yank several of the pipes loose and get a full blast of steam. Being tied up and fed soup by an elderly Japanese woman who doesn't understand words like, you've got to cut me loose. Being thrown under a New Orleans Mardi Gras parade float by a mean guy in a gorilla suit who gives David a few kicks for good measure. Receiving a speeding ticket. Wandering around inside a Carnival Funhouse, only have someone turn on the machinery so that David is somehow caught in a rolling tumbler and flipped over a few times and then thrown down a convenient slide. And then there's the whole landing a plane, uh, caught in the woods in a fire. It's a, it's a great list. You can check it out at kennethjohnson.us slash hookoutlist. Kennethjohnson.us. Thank you, Shane, for sending that. I really enjoyed wasting time reading through that. So... um yeah, so you can email us geekoutonline at gmail.com. That's geekoutonline at gmail.com. Let's give you a taste here. You know what? I didn't do this, and I should have when I was talking about them. Um, I want to give you a taste of the old uh, old magic sword. This isn't the closing theme we're going to use. This is a theme. This is a, 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 a track called Battlefield, and uh, we'll see how this goes. I, I can't remember if this starts slow or not. Oh, here we go. This is one of the best. So you see what they do. It's really some good stuff. And um, it's the same, you know, synth music all the way through. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm still looking for that old Geek Out Loud song. Uh, it was sent in several years ago, and it's, Lord, you search for Geek Out Loud and the thing, and it's just not, uh... man, that was so long ago that we did that, because that's where we got the snippet, snippet. Stuff. Um, see if that helps. There we go. All right. This will be better. Here we go. There it is. Found it. Found it. Gonna play it. Hold on one moment as we uh, stop this. And um, this is fun. It's always fun to kind of go back and look and see what's come before as we as we get into this. Um, here we go. Oh, good night. What am I doing? Here we go. Oh, my land. 
This is so good. It's so good as it gets to the end. So that's Ben Foster, Fandom Menace, F-A-N-D-O-M Menace. Uh, you can check him out at Bandcamp. Uh, the FandomMenace.Bandcamp.com is where you want to go and, um, and and check out some of his work. He's also a great artist. Also does a lot of great drawing, drawings and artistry and stuff. 706. 706- 622-4456 is the number you can begin to call in now if you'd like to. And um, and what we'll do is, uh, while we wait on people to call in, potentially, uh, we'll talk a little bit of Black Panther. Got to see Black Panther a couple of weeks ago, in fact. Um, and uh, I got to say, um, not my favorite Marvel movie, but it was good. It was really good. Now, one of the reasons that I struggle with it, I think, was the theater experience. Here locally, we apparently had someone fall in a darkened theater, and the theater had to pay some medical expenses, and that caused um, the theater to uh, put in some new lighting that does not dim enough. So that really cool opening scene where they're attacking the trucks and... and, uh, and in Black Panther's like going full on stealth mode and everything in the dark, it, it, you just could barely see it because the theater was too light. Um, we asked him to turn it down, and that's when we got it all explained to us what happened and why they put in these new lights that don't dim as much as they used to. And I'm th- I'm just thinking, serenity now, serenity now. What? Look, I don't care who you are. 
you know a theater is going to be dark. And if you can't see in a theater when the lights are supposed to be down to walk up an aisle, you knew that was coming. You knew that was a thing that would happen in your life. So I don't know if you need a cane, a walker, or what to be able to walk up a slopey little aisle I don't think they were doing. I don't think it was stairs that they fell down. But even if they did, usually the, the, those stairs are lighted. People can see them. But this person, oh, it just makes me so mad. Why would you ruin everyone's movie viewing experience because you don't know how to walk in a movie theater? Serenity now. Serenity now. That is dumb. This is dumb. Seven zero six six two two four four five six. Oh, we got a caller. Calling out of the calling out of the two five four area code. Hello, caller. Who are you? Where are you calling from? Steve Glasson, this is Dylan Newhouse. Oh my Waco, Atlanta. Texas. How you doing? Oh my Atlanta. Dylan. I'm doing been, this. Uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Steve. I don't think it's I've talked to you. I don't think I've talked to you since I lived in Hazelhurst, Georgia. No, that that's exactly right. I've been listening since then. But we have not spoken since then. Thank you so much. But I'm, for I'm happy to be on the line. Did I interrupt a Black Panther story because you were talking about your theater experience, and I feel like I might have interrupted that. No, I was. I, I was just finished. That. I actually just finished it. So as I took the call. Oh, good. Yes. We'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll chalk that up to lag on my my internet. There. Network. Well, I think um, there's I think there's lag across the board. I think it happens. I think there's definitely a delay when you're listening to uh, uh, to the show on, on the live feed. I think it's. Probably 15, 20 seconds worth of delay. Are we going to blame that on Mixler, maybe? Is that, is that a Mixler I mean, issue? I, I, think it's, a... I just think it's internet. I mean, I just think it's the internet. How the internet, internet yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure, yeah. the whole internet is on a lag. I, well, I, I mean, that's serious business, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, what's going on with you, man? How are things? Things are very good, Steve. Things are going great with me. Uh, my schedule really lines up with... Uh, getting to be on Mixler and, and, and take part in the chat. Uh, but tonight uh, you did kind of a, a later show, and, and that was fun, and, and I've had fun so far. But here's what really got me going is this Star Wars uh, show you're talking about doing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's a wonderful idea. Of right. Course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw where you said you, you know, have opinions in capital letters. Oh, I do. I do. And uh, here's kind of – and you mentioned uh, when you were talking about that, that concept – uh, the EU, the old expanded universe, right? right? Yeah. And you were gonna kind of leave that out uh, for the time being. Yes. And I think that's a that's a wise move because they they went some pretty wacky uh, wackadoo places at times with that notion. I don't um, I don't disagree. I don't you know. And honestly, as 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 venerated as that original Zon trilogy is, you know, one of the first kind of wackadoo things that he did was cause Obi Wan to not be a presence in Luke's life anymore. None of the Force ghosts showed up during that whole trilogy. That's exactly right. Well, yeah, he, yeah Obi-Wan bids him a final goodbye in, in uh, one of the early chapters. Right, yeah, and just fade, fades yeah. off and into I, the Force. I love that book, and I, I know it well, And, and uh, but I, I don't ultimately uh, miss uh, it. I, I would give up uh, the entire expanded universe from uh episode six onward mm. uh to get a sequel trilogy because i'm i'm a big and i don't want to go into that but i really have, have responded in a big way uh to uh, uh force awakens and the last jedi oh good fan. good i, I yeah. mean to yeah, me it, you know to me that's great i 
I don't I don't think anyone's wrong for liking it more than I have. You know, no, um, and, and neither do I think anyone's wrong for for disliking it more than I have. I, I hate the the animosity that that's sort of come about uh, it, because of those movies. You uh, know what? It's 1999 and, all over again. It kind of is, and that and that's really weird because uh, I think on a lot of levels, uh, this is what we had kind of imagined we would get. Even though they're not prequels, I, I think this feels more like those movies to me, at least. It feels more like the original trilogy even with some of the, the very different right. story directions they're going. I think, uh, it feels more in line. I think a lot of fans um, thought Force Awakens was that for sure. Um, yes. You know, I, I think that, you know, and all you have to do is look at the old expanded universe and see how, and, and I don't, and I, and I don't mean to, this is going to sound more critical than I mean for it to, but you look at how kind of uncreative, some of these writers were with things such as, you know, because Greedo was a bounty hunter, all Rodians were bounty hunters or smugglers. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, exactly it, it right. was that yeah, kind yeah. of, it was that kind of concept that, that kind of began to permeate that if you had one race who was doing one thing, then they were all this way. And, um, and so I, I think that a lot of older fans were okay with, you know, not, not a, not the music that John Williams was writing with, or I'm sorry, with George Lucas was writing with his first six movies, but almost a, a retelling of what George Lucas did. And I don't, and again, I don't mean that overly critical about The Force Awakens. J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan, I think, were being very intentional in the way that they, they reintroduced Star Wars with Episode Seven uh, mm-hmm. to make it as close to what was done in Episode Four so that it would be palatable across the board. Um, I agree, and I think that for, for me, the, the difference being uh, that uh, whatever you think of The Last Jedi, it is at least challenging. And by exactly. the time we got to those last few uh, expanded universe books that Troy Denning and those kind of guys mm-hmm. were writing, uh, those were those were a slog. Those, right. <laughs> I was still reading them like out of a sense of of uh, Star Wars fan duty in a way. Right. But but you know they, they got uh, pretty repetitive, and and I feel like it, it run its courts. It's sort of uh, for these for these movies to at least uh, spark a conversation, I think is a good thing. But oh. a lot of that animosity uh, and a lot of the uh, judgmental uh, feelings on both sides—that's uh, that's a bad thing. Uh, right. But regardless, what I wanted to, wanted to, wanted to say is the idea of that uh, that the podcast about the Force. I think that that's actually a really because there's a ton of Star Wars podcasts, you know, and uh, obviously Rebel Force Radio is still one I enjoy, mm-hmm. and I love hearing you talk Star Wars, but. Uh, that that's a concept that uh, I've never heard a show dedicated to that. So I'm right. excited for that. I think, I think it'd be great. R, I mean, RFR is the walking dog of Star Wars podcasts. There's no doubt about that. Um, for sure. And, you know, and, and, and way back when, when it was them doing the Force cast, like the initially those guys were the reason that I didn't do a Star Wars-centric podcast back in the day because I'm like, they're doing it right. And there's mm-hmm. and there's no need for my voice on a re- regular basis doing what they're doing so well, so I'll just paint with broader strokes, and, and come back to Star sure. Wars pretty often. Um, but you know, to to go back to what you were saying about uh, the Last Jedi and people and people's discussion about it and the animosity that's there, it is interesting because you know these movies, particularly that original trilogy, you know, as kids. That that brought us together across all types of divides. 
those movies were universally loved um, when I was growing up. And, mm-hmm. and, and you didn't find yourself arguing passionately about anything, but you found yourself a lot of times discussing intently about what you'd seen, especially if it stayed with you as you grew up, you know, and there were some people that kind of left it behind and let it go and, and were able to grow up and move on a lot quicker than I was. Um, and, th- and that's fine, you know, but I've got there, I'm working with a guy now who I would have never thought he'd have been a star Wars geek, but like he starts talking star Wars to me. And I'm like, you're about to pull the lid off, man. And you have no idea what you're about to unleash. And we'll sit there and talk. Oh, I, I absolutely, I absolutely relate because, you know, I have just a couple of things on my desk at work that are, uh, uh, mm-hmm. giveaways that, that I'm a Star yeah. Wars fan and, yeah. and the conversation that is sparked, but always with, with people that aren't in quite as deep, mm-hmm. uh, as I am, you know, and, yeah. and, and you kind of have to listen to their, uh, harebrained ideas. Of, <laughs> well, this dude, this dude, he's and, like, and he you, gets you don't it. Want to take him to school, you know? Yeah. Well, this dude, he gets it. Like he's quoting lines and stuff. I'm like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, we got to keep this under wraps. <laughs> We can't talk this way. And then I'm sitting at our church. Uh, we're having a church social, and I'm sitting there with, and I don't mean, I don't want to say old, but like older ladies, okay? Sure. And this one woman, this was back as they were getting ready for The Last Jedi to come out, and I, and I don't know what channel it was. Maybe it was TNT that still had the rights that was just showing the you know, the original six basically on loop, kind of doing a marathon over that weekend sure. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, they had episode three on the day while I was getting ready for church, and I was just watching it and loving it. I love those movies. <laughs> and well, I'm just, I think that's great. I, I still, my, you know, we talk about, you know, nostalgic favorites uh, of those movies, uh, as opposed to which one is probably the best movie. Yeah. You know, I think Empire is, by a lot of standards, probably the, the best of those movies. Uh, but you know what? I, which one I had the best time with? Which, which one I have the, the fondest memories around is really Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, the the Slurpees mm, at 7-Eleven. Yes, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. And it, I remember just it, thinking it was the last one and really actually believing this is it. This is the last time you get to do this. Well, there was no, reason, there was no reason not to think that. That's right. You know? Um, I, yeah, I, no, I think yeah. I, I kind of agree with you there. Episode 5 was really fun for me. Because it was kind of my, I, I was into episode two, um, but there was a but there was a decision I made shortly after its release that caused me to not be really deep into it until well after the DVD was released. Uh, mm-hmm. So episode five was as an adult the first time that as an adult I got to really just geek out completely over a movie leading up to it and, and on the tail end of the release and everything. And, mm-hmm. and it was, it was a fun time, you know, and I, I remember I went and saw it opening night at midnight. Uh, the next day at three thirty, I was in a different theater in a different town with, you know, uh, about a half a dozen of my friends. And then later mm-hmm. that night I was seen again. I saw it three times in the span of 24 hours, you know, <laughs> and it was yeah, just a blast, yeah. you know, it was so much fun. And then I saw it every way possible. I wanted to see it in a crappy movie theater, uh, this was when digital projection was just coming in. I mean, you think about it, it was only 13 years ago, and digital projection was a thing that that theaters would advertise that they had. And and so I That's went to... exactly right. Yeah, no, I remember uh, going uh, driving from here in Central Texas up to Dallas, and the first movie I saw with digital projection was actually THX 1138. Oh wow! Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they they did a, a theatrical 
re-released and, and Lucas did uh, in, in his fashion put in some improved special effects and that sort of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's the version you'll find on, on Blu-ray now and everything but uh, no it, it was really uh, that was a huge leap uh, it was breathtaking to see something in digital projection well, and then we take that for granted obviously yes of course well I went and saw it in this this old theater that had been converted up in South Carolina with my friend Marcus and we're we go to this theater and it's you know it's kind of classic and big and 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 so there's this big screen, and then as as you get to Mustafar, I started noticing. I'm like, oh wow, there's some blemishes on the film, because there'd be these black specks that were you know coming across. And I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't film. This is dude, that's ash falling from the sky. And and I right, had not right. noticed, and I had not noticed that in any other viewing. You know, it was that clear on this huge screen. I was absolutely blown away with it. So I saw it every way I possibly could while it was still in theaters. You know, is from the crappiest mm-hmm. to the best theater possible. And um, sure. and just had a just had a real real fun time with it. I I you know I, and I know and you mentioned Empire being the one that is the best made, most well made. Um, I understand why people say that and think that, and I totally get that there was a risk involved in the in the structure of that story and the way it ends and everything. But for me, when it comes down to which one is the best, quote unquote. Um, it's not my, it's not my nostalgic favorite. It's not the one that I cherish the most, but I've got to go to the original, you know, the one that started it all. Uh, sure. it did. I mean, it hit so many things just right. And even now when I watch it, I think, well, this is going to move kind of slow. And before I know it, I'm like, oh, I'm into this. You know, it, it just catches my attention every time. Um, you know, whereas, whereas empire, I'll actually check out sometimes in the middle of empire. And yeah, you know, the middle of Empire with the Yoda, the Yoda stuff, as much as I love it, I feel like does uh, pull down the momentum a little bit. Yeah. But, but once uh, A New Hope gets cooking, that that is just a fun movie yeah. uh, to watch. You know, the, the, the droids in the sand on Tatooine, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a slow burn uh, right. at that point. But from, but from then on, no, I absolutely agree. But uh, I'll let some other people call in, Steve. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll leave you with this. Uh as far as uh, that uh, podcast about the force and that whole idea, mm-hmm. uh, I tell you, uh, to me, I-, I was thinking about this, and uh, you know, we're in an era when George uh, Lucas is not uh, uh, the be all end all mm-hmm. in terms of canon, right. with a capital C, right? Right. A- and and what does that what does that uh, mean for uh, how you know? Because I understand you, you drew a comparison to, to, to scripture, and, mm-hmm. and obviously canon being an important notion there, right? And right. And, and to me, you know, if we look at uh, even the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, the, this one story told from different points of view, uh, I, I feel like, you know, what does it mean that the guy who first sort of came up with these ideas? How seriously should we take? As much as we may enjoy the movies, how seriously should we take Ryan Johnson's notions of the Force? Yeah, what well, or or to uh, yeah or J.J. Abrams, you know, or any no any, yeah. anybody at this point. It, yeah, it, and I feel like we unless we're checking in with George, unless he is still sort of signing off in some way, mm-hmm. and I don't get the sense that he is. Oh, he's not, buddy. No, right. Yeah. So, so, and it's not. It's not that it takes away from my enjoyment, but right, right. Is, is are are their takes any more valid than uh, a Timothy Zahn or uh, a Troy Denning or somebody like that? Uh, so, yeah, that th- that would be an interesting topic. I know you don't want to bring the EU into it, uh, 
too early. Right. So that, that's the thing that fascinates well, me. Well, and, so, and, uh, and that's where we're headed. I, I think that's where that, that show will be headed, is, is getting to uh, your J.J. Abrams, uh, your Ryan Johnson, your Dave Filoni, you know, and their takes. And Dave is different. Dave, to me— Yeah, well, yeah— to me, that that's a that's a high. He he studied at the feet of the masters. So well, that's the thing. So, yeah. Like like Dave is an yeah. apostle, you know. Yeah. And, and it's almost like, and again, this is very much making it, you know, a, a really weird Christian allegory. But if Dave Are is sure? an if Dave <laughs> is an apostle, then uh, then Johnson and Abrams are more like guys who write commentaries down the road. You know, well, or are they more like, or they, or are they Paul in this analogy, Steve? Are they the guy who never sat at the master's feet but had a blinding vision of what the force is, right? Well, so, but I mean, see, I know we're mixing our metaphors here. Yeah, but but, but well, see, here's the thing, though. If if you if you believe scripture, Paul did sit at the master's feet. He was taken out in the that's wilderness true. and sat that at the feet true. of Jesus, yeah. and that's why he's an apostle. Yeah. So, and so that's where I say that you know Ryan and Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams kind of become. Uh, down, they become the people who down the road were reading what the apostles had written, and mm-hmm. are are now commentating on it, and and building. Well, but the, not to get, but not to go to get too uh, theologically geeky. But then you know we're looking at a, a, a Saint Thomas Aquinas. Or somebody ex- exactly, very, very it, it, valuable things to say. Right, but, but that doesn't mean that it's yeah, yeah. Right, you're looking at a Spurgeon. That valid as an eyewitness. And so what? Yes, and so what happens is then is we 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 will start to and and you may see this. Yeah, Martin Luther is what Roth and Wyoming says. You, what 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 I think we'll start to see is uh, denominations of Star Wars fans, and I think we've started to kind of see that in the past. You think about it. I yeah. think we've seen that in the past. Oh, yeah. But you have you have your you have your original trilogy purists who want nothing but those the, the those four, five, and six. You have the prequel lovers who love the prequels more, and and they're rare, but they love them more than they love four, five, and six. Then you have the people who only accept what Lucas did and none of Filoni's stuff, then you have the people who accept Lucas and Filoni. So it's all centered around the same concept. There's the fundamentals that are there, but there's these different denominations of fans. And as happens sometimes, unfortunately, in in the modern-day church. And and again, I'm, I'm making this reference, I'm making these analogies because it's what I'm most familiar with in the real world. You have sure. people You have people who who break fellowship because their interpretation is different. And and so, mm-hmm. you know, and that and that's kind of what happens. And until God, this sounds like Scientology now. Until George Lucas returns and tells <laughs> it, you know, and reveals to us the truth, then we, you know, right. we're just out here kind of floating around doing this no, thing. That's exactly right. But but that you know what? That, that, I, look, I'd already thought Scientology uh in this conversation before you said it and and of course there's a clear line, you know, we both know that uh uh you know, our our faith and and uh, uh, you know there's a reality to to that where this, these are stories and this is fun, right? But there are points of comparison that are fun to talk about, and that's why I think the podcast about the forces is, is a, a really great idea. Yeah, well, uh, it's so it's because it, to listen to it. Yeah, it's because it's all myth, right? You know, even yeah, the the myth. You know, I, you get worried applying that word to Christianity and faith because. You know, it seems like it's a fairy tale when you when you start using the word myth. But it, there is the idea of myth painting such with painting the story with such broad strokes that you know back in the day people were saying, "Oh, well, this is a Christian allegory." No, this is a Jewish allegory. No, this is a Greek mythology allegory. No, this is you know, mm-hmm. and it becomes and so 
Whereas like with something like Star Trek, it's like, oh, this is societal commentary. This right. is this is and so and that's not what Lucas did at all. And and and, and no, and, and a person like C.S. Lewis had no problem uh, uh, with the word myth. Right. You know, he yeah. he talked about the idea of Christ as, as uh, the true myth, the fulfillment of yes. all these yeah. these myths that that were ultimately those myths were kind of expressing uh, the hopes and and the the wishes of mankind, and then that Christ comes to sort of fulfill that. And, mm-hmm. and so yeah, there's, there's look there, there's there's a ton of parallels to be drawn there. Yes. Uh, but but, I, but I'll let you go. This has been a, a really fun conversation, well, and and I look forward to hearing. I hope you get that show off the ground because I'd love to hear. I, it. We're, well, we're definitely planning on. It. I've talked to Shaz about it, and he's he's on board. So, uh, I dude, it's awesome, good to man. talk to you again, Dylan. It's been a while. Uh, are there hashtag? Yeah, it's a blast, buddy. Hashtag yeah. prayers for anyone. Hashtag prayers for Dylan. <laughs> Uh, Jennifer is doing just fine. Uh, she's yeah, I can see her uh, right through the window here, and and she's doing great. <laughs> Hashtag prayers for <laughs> I'm Jennifer. Glad everybody. You still remember that? That's really funny. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good night, uh, brother. Good night, buddy. We'll see Talk you. you later. Bye. Good. All right. Well, that's Dylan Newhouse, classic listener, man. Back in the days when we were doing the late night big honking shows and stuff, Dylan would call in. One of my favorite things to do to Dylan is he'd call in with something to say. And I would get him off on something completely different before he could ever get started. I would derail the guy. And then uh, and then he'd hang up having forgotten that he called in for something different. There was one night where he actually called back in to say, hey, this is what I was talking about. And I attempted to do it again. I don't remember if I was successful or not. Maybe as we get into uh, some of those fourth age big honking shows, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, back to the Black Panther. I want to I I get in this movie a little bit. The number is 706-622-4444. Five six seven zero six six two two four four five six. We'll take a few more calls as we talk about 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 Black Panther, and then we'll uh, we'll close her up for the night. We've been going about an hour or so, so that's that's a pretty good. We'll we'll go for about another half hour or so. See what we can do. Um, the the thing, what, the first thing I want to say about the Black Panther is is that this was a bit of a different style Marvel movie, not because of the cast and and that sort of thing that a lot of people were focusing in on. But because of the character of T'Challa, he's a different hero than what we've been given in any of these other movies. Oh, my Lanta. Hello, Carissa. Well, hello, Steve. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for calling in. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. I'm up way too late on this Monday, Thursday night. Me, too. It's Friday now. Yeah, it is good Friday now for us on the East Coast. Um, Happy Good Friday to you. Well, or a blessed okay. good, or sure. a blessed Good Friday you're, you're too. Going that way. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that might be a little. It's bit a, it's a, nose, yeah, it's weird. Okay. I've I've had people say Happy Good Friday, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's know. definitely a yeah. It, yeah. Um, so Next result there. Yes. So, Chris, so let me just say this really quickly. And mm-hmm. reloading and getting all these big honking shows put back on to bighonkinshow.com. Yeah. Um, early on. There was an email that you sent in to Buck and I. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my, I could, I, I did not remember that you were listening from that far back at I've all. I've been listening, I, I tell this all the time, you were my entry drug into podcasts. Bless your heart. In general. Yeah. And now I listen to all kinds of, I mean, I quote podcasts in my day-to-day life yeah. on a regular, <laughs> like, like highbrow academic podcast oh but, really? but you were my you <laughs> but you were my introduction right um, so you still slum with yeah. the Goliverse every now and again <laughs> oh i love it though it's my favorite though that's that's the truth um 
And you know what's so funny about that first email? Because I listened to, I was I was legitimately just exhausted and lots of crazy things were happening. You know, it's Holy Week and we're music people and in churches, and so this is like the worst week of the year. Like we get to walk with Christ, but, right? Um, but so I was having a rough day the other day, and so I was listening to those old episodes, and I heard that podcast, and I immediately remembered how I was feeling when I wrote that, and I was like scrubbing floors and the the um house just smelled terrible because we had been flooded Kennesaw experiences this every once every 500 year flood and so we were experiencing our house had been flooded and I was pregnant with my third child and two small kids at home and and I listened to that episode of Big Honka Joe and it just made me laugh so hard and made my <laughs> husband laugh and it brought us out of the sadness for a little while and I was like that's right. That's what I should do. You should always listen to Big Honka Joe when you're feeling crummy. Oh, wow. Because it'll make you feel wonderful. I hope it's so. wonderful. That's your ministry. I hope so. I, that's that's what I hope it does. Yeah, I was talking to Lord Scott Rifen a little bit today. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Ben Shapiro, Scott, yep. Ben Shapiro, they're making a big deal that he's now taking his podcast to Terrestrial Airways. And, oh, wow. and Scott cool. and Scott was talking to a representative from Westwood One who they're putting all that together. And the guy was saying, hey, we can get him on that sort of thing. And Scott's like, well, you know, what's really interesting is there's a guy who does a podcast. That we brought him into our radio uh, because mm-hmm. it shows that good. And, uh, he, and Scott said yeah. this. He's like, it's kind of a satire of all the talk radio that's out there nowadays. And I said, I never thought of us as satire. I just wanted to be funny. Yeah. I'm just trying to be funny. But um, I know. I feel like you have always been your worst apologist. <laughs> Let the rest of us do the job because because really what you do bring is 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 um a joy that doesn't exist elsewhere and it's so genuine and just doesn't exist elsewhere. And listening to those old episodes with you and Buck, oh I man. Mean, your timing and your um and his wit was just so wonderful. Yes. Yeah. We I to to be with Buck again is is one of those dreams to kind of and and we still to this day joke I'm like if it ever gets off the ground to where we can make a living off of it I'm like you understand that you got to quit your job and and just get to where I am so that we can do this in perpetuity. Um, but see, I think that this is one of those things that I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like we're gonna all go to heaven one day and we're gonna be there and we're gonna know how everybody you know, how much everyone loves everybody. And it's just going to be a great, mm-hmm. um, a, a great just realization of, you know, why did I worry about blah, 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 blah. And that's going to be one of those, like God's going to look at you guys and say, it was always there, mm. but you know, I had these other things for you to do. Right. Right. And, <laughs> and it's because there's just not time. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Wish the, especially the fun thing. Oh yeah. You know, we feel yeah. like we have to suffer here. And so we are. Well, you just feel like you got to be responsible here. That's you know? what I mean by suffering. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love my four children, but come on. That's hey, hard work. Oh, yeah. Oh, number four. She seems like she's tearing up the place. Literally. Well, she is. I mean, I tell people all the time, thank goodness I don't have nice furniture because then I would worry all the time. It is, but actually, I don't have nice furniture, so it's okay that she just dumped an entire bottle of Hershey syrup on the couch. It is That's it, okay. It is so funny to scroll through the old Facebook, and all of a sudden, there's number four, 
And she's just like, it, it doesn't even phase her that she has now just poured out noodles all over the table. Like, I'm having spaghetti. Or she has, you know. That's normal. Or, or she's like, yeah. I'm just doing my art on the walls. Isn't it pretty? You know? That's right. The world should be colored by Cecilia. That's right. That's exactly right. She tonight. We, I had. I took the other children to the Monty Thursday Mass, and she stayed here with John because he had a teacher class. He was going to bring her because she'll actually behave for him some, mm. but not when he's teaching a class. He teaches online, so he was teaching a class, and he said that while he was teaching a class, she took everything out of the refrigerator. Mm. Everything. And he didn't even know that she was doing it. He was like ten feet away, but she took all of the. She took the milk. She took. I mean, she took everything, including the chili that I made two days ago in a giant cast iron pot. I don't even know if she lifted that thing, but she did. She did. She took it all into the living room and she set it out and she said, "I'm cooking now." Mm. <laughs> and he was like, "Please stop." <laughs> Because it's a giant. No, we don't. We don't need you to cook. We don't need you to cook now. Right. As oh, you were too. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Oh wow. Well, so uh, so what else is going on with you guys? Have you guys got to? I know you've been busy this Very, week, but um, did you guys? You said you got to go see the Black Panther. Yes, last weekend was daughter, daddy daughter dance at our school, mm-hmm. and so John always takes three girls, and I usually take Michael to dinner, mm-hmm. but we hadn't gotten to see black panther yet so we went and saw black panther and we saw it in kennesaw not it's no longer at the amc right but um it's at so it's at some of the smaller theaters we took it to our our second favorite theater which is the ncg in ackworth Mm -hmm. and uh it wasn't it was in the normal side and it was packed to the gills yeah we walked in um the we i was helping the girls get ready so we didn't get to leave on time so we walked in during the previews which is abnormal for us sure and we had to sit in the second row mm-hmm. and we've never had to sit in the second right. row yeah yeah <laughs> ever it was absolutely packed and it was one of the most beautiful marvel films i had seen michael was afraid that i didn't like it i'm not exactly sure why so he was hesitant um to tell me how he felt about it mm-hmm. but he loved it and i adored it i thought it was awesome i um, i think you're i think one of the things that really captured me about this movie is just how beautiful it really is just from a color palette wise yeah you know it was cinematography was gorgeous mm-hmm. the people were stunning yeah there was no, i mean that's so superficial but it's really true it's, e- it's so easy to watch gorgeous people mm-hmm. and repeating yongo is just absolutely stunning to just look yeah. at well um, to me flawless. to me chadwick boseman is just fantastic yeah. he he pops yeah. on screen with whatever he, really he does. does yeah and, yeah. and, and this and it's really neat to see that counter with blanking on a name because it's one o'clock in the morning but mm-hmm. um gollum i'm blanking on gollum andy circus mm-hmm. oh to my see gosh that contrast yeah who you know he's not pretty at all right Right, and, and to see that contrast is just—it just highlights everything. Well, I'm just talking from a charisma standpoint, you know, with with Chadwick yeah. Boseman. Everything, everything I've ever seen him in, whether it's just kind of a bit part or a side side role here or there, I'm just like I want to spend more time with that person because yeah. he's so convincing. He did—he was in uh, the movie um, Draft Day with Kevin Costner. And and he played your typical college athlete getting ready to be drafted and everything, but he seemed to have a lot more riding on the line 
than everyone else involved in this in this story. And he, like I say, typical young person, college athlete coming out, but there was such a depth to his performance in every scene. You know, he wasn't at the big event in New York because he was going to be with his family. He had all these other things going on, but he still had that swagger about him. You know, like, hey, I'm worth every penny that you're going to pay. All that good stuff. Uh, his turn is James Brown in the James Brown biopic, mm. uh, Get On Up. is so mm-hmm. good. And then and then you pair him off with Andy Circus, you know? Mm-hmm. And Andy Circus is just, he's phenomenal. Like, Andy Circus needs to yeah. do more. Here's Andy Circus on screen and less, I mean, not less of the digital stuff, but, I mean, you know, he's become so known for being that digital capture actor, yeah, that, that yeah. I think we he's forget really he's got real character. acting chops, yeah. And I, I loved Martin Freeman's character, uh, the Everett Ross, oh, and, yeah. and what he brought to the table. Uh, everybody, Michonne was great in this thing, and I didn't realize it was Michonne from The Walking Dead. I'm sorry, I don't know her actual name off the top of my head. I didn't <laughs> until I was kind of elbowed in the side. I was like, "Hey, that's Michonne." I'm like, "Are you serious?" And I got to looking, and it took me half the movie before she finally did her head a certain way or smiled a certain way. And I'm like, "That is Michonne," you know, and. Um, it was just a, a Michael B. Jordan is another fantastic yeah. actor. Oh yeah, he's just fantastic, yeah, yeah. and I thought he you was so like great. More of him. Yes, yeah, and he was, and and he was a great villain. You know, he was a great foil yeah, for the was. Black Panther in this movie. The only negative, I, I, we're having trouble uh, dividing that line of good and evil mm-hmm. and redemptive evil power right now, and you know and the confusion that that sets out and i'm not sure exactly i, I don't want to drill down into that right now but right. um that that was that would be my only drawback like i just want to, i would want to explore that a little bit more but mm-hmm. but he was true because he was so truly evil he was like um uh he was like um uh, again one o'clock in the morning and it's holy week mufasa's brother he reminded oh, scar, me so yeah. much of yeah he reminded me so much of scar he's just Sheer anger mm-hmm. in every way. Yeah. But um, the thing about uh, what, what you, you said something that made me think of something about the Black Panther movie that I just thought was so great. Um, it wasn't how pretty it was, and it wasn't how. <laughs> oh, I know. So I think what I think what it hit on is the last few Black uh, Marvel movies that have come out has forgotten. Uh, that Black Panther drilled in on, aside from everything else, I wish Wakanda existed. Mm. And it was fantastic in that way. Yeah, that, right. That made everyone, my son wished that it existed. Sure. Like, that would be so cool yep. if that existed. I would like it to exist. I can almost believe that it could exist. I know it doesn't, but I wish it did. Mm-hmm. And I And I think that that, that that fantasy is is magic dust in a movie. Absolutely. And if it doesn't have that, you know, it may be great. Like I think Doctor Strange was great, mm-hmm. but I don't wish that it existed. Right. Um, by the way, I do I do wish Wakanda existed. So I think that's why it has such staying power too. And I actually feel that way about Iron, the first Iron Man movie. Yes. We yep. did we did our right after Christmas we did a full Marvel watch through. And we definitely liked Iron Man and Thor the best, and mm-hmm. so Black Panther. For me, anyway, I like Black Panther just as much, almost as much as I like those two. Yeah, Thor. You know, when you get to Asgard in Thor and Thor: The Dark World, I mean that—that's again, that's that idea of man. I wish this place existed. 
Yeah. You know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. just and just to have the almost good. Yeah, just to have the chance to walk across the Rainbow Bridge and be there, you know. Yeah. Um but And uh, meet Idris Elba. Yeah, well, that too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I will say that this lacked for me um in in the humor area and it's because of oh, the sure. and it's because of the character of T'Challa. He's always been in the comics. He's always been this he's a king, he wears the heavy, you know, heavy as the head that wears the crown and mm-hmm. and, and so there is a there's a certain seriousness that goes along with this and Mufasa. and and yeah, oh. um and and some of the themes are a little bit heavier than, yeah, than some of the other things than than some of the other things we've had in in Marvel movies, but I don't think that they were handled too heavy-handedly, if that makes sense. Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the Justice League because we have, were very super busy people, like like everybody. Mm-hmm. But we've been more busy lately and haven't gotten to watch a lot of movies, so we haven't seen Justice League yet. Mm-hmm. So we watched Justice League as a family at home with, and we were dying to see it. The kids, the girls right. especially, yeah. loved Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. um, and we had seen Batman versus versus Superman. Sorry. But didn't like it right. <laughs> too much. Mm-hmm. I, and we love the Superman character, but and the Batman character actually isolated, but not together in this particular venue. Um, but the Justice League movie just sort of was like, meh, comparatively. Right. And what we kept saying to ourselves, they had just followed the Marvel. That would be great. It was too heavy. Well, it was too... I- Serious. Yeah, and and but and and even Justice League lightened up a little bit though, you know, from where know. it had been. You oh know, it was I a know. huge step yeah. from where from 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 the from the ideas and the themes that they'd Bad had. Versus, yeah. yeah, in previous even Man yeah. of Steel. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But, oh, definitely. But when you when you turn the Marvel universe, you know, you've got the thing about the Marvel universe is there's now something for everyone. You know, if yeah. you want if you want the more fantasy oh, stuff, amen. if you want the more sci-fi stuff, it's all there. If you want just yeah. straight up superheroics, it's there. Spy thrillers, yeah. uh, you know, it's 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 this amazing, Magic. yeah, it's <laughs> this amazing universe that they've created, yeah. and I completely yeah, agree really with you. Is. And and I said way back when that Warner Brothers would have been smart just to completely copy the Marvel Cinematic Universe method, and no shame, and, and with no shame whatsoever. Like, okay, yeah. we see what you're Amen. doing, and we're going to do it better. And I feel like that was one yeah. of their big missteps is when they're like, man, eh, let's throw them all together, and they did it. A little too quickly, the the magic of the first Avengers, and I was talking to a friend about this the other day, was that we had seen Iron Man and Iron Man 2, we'd seen Thor and Captain America, we'd seen the Incredible Hulk, and we knew that for the first time in in movie history that these different (laughs) characters from these different movies were all going to come together in one movie. And how how in the world can that be? How will everyone get enough screen time? How will it be done well? And and I really thought going in, I'm like, well, this is just going to be a glorified Iron Man three, and it wasn't. It was an right. Avengers movie. Yeah, and yeah, and it's really just was. so well done. And and unfortunately, you know, but I, it was it was an Avengers Avengers movie in part because of the time that they had spent developing some characters in the other feature films. Right. Exactly. And you you brought so much into that movie, mm-hmm. and we haven't been able to establish that relationship with the with the DC characters and, and we haven't wanted to either. Right. And that's the problem. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, the Superman that I saw in justice league is a Superman that I want to spend more time with. Could not agree more. 
the kids felt the same way. And you know, from yeah, right from the right from the get go, where he's talking to those kids on the cell phone, which yep. Derek says that he's convinced yeah. that's Derek Russell and Steve Glosson. Um, nice. And uh, to <laughs> to the cheesy lines at the end and all the good stuff. It's like this is just, I and even Batman. I'm like, when when. When you finally get that in battle, and then they're outside the farm after Bruce buys the bank and everything, I'm like, I'll spend more time with this Batman, gladly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's a little bit stilted in his character, but mm-hmm. still, I agree with you. Like, I, I I, am relieved to not be dealing with Christian Bale Batman <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, he wouldn't fit into this universe at all, I don't think. But No, but I, I'm glad that I've said goodbye to him because he... He took me on such an emotional journey. Yeah. I can't deal anymore. Right. Well, and and I think though, I think the success of particularly the Dark Knight is one yeah. of the reasons that Warner Brothers wanted, and Zack Snyder and company wanted to go a little heavier with everything. You know, they thought, well, this is the key. This is how we'll make our heroes work. And yeah, but it's kind of like that striking the balance, and right. they ended up with something mediocre instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I, and, you know, and I don't disagree with that at all. I, I really don't. And I know there are people who love it, and and, um, and they have valid points, but just it, it did not, it did fall a little flat for me. Black Panther, on the other hand, I, I was a little disappointed, as I said, in the lack of humor that was there, but I don't yeah. feel like it was heavy-handed preaching stuff that was done. I think it was just the character didn't lend no, itself. He, yeah, he doesn't lend That's himself exactly to right. being very humorous. And um, and that's fine. I'm good with that. He was, but he was such a well-rounded character. You see the love for his family. You see the nobility in who he is. You see that, you know, he was, um, that he was going to fight for his country. But then there's also this neat theme, Chris. And the sacrificial nature, yeah. Yes, there's this neat theme of if we're able to help other people, do right. we? Right. You know, or do we, are we, we have so, that obligation. Yeah, or, or are we going to live in fear that we're going to be corrupted right. in our help? And and that's a yeah. real and thing. It's real. Yeah. It's so real. Yeah, that that's something we all have to think about on a pretty regular basis, especially now. Mm-hmm. And he had to, and he wasn't naturally sacrificial. He was it was pride that took him to that point. Right. And that was an interesting thing to see. And I was sitting in the movie with my son looking at this going, "No way." I mean, I really I cuz I really try to let go of all preconceptions when mm-hmm. I walk into a movie like this. And I said, there's no way they're going to actually let that other character kill him, right? Mm. They're not going to do that. Right. That's not going to happen. I, didn't, I really said that to myself right at that moment. And they did let him seemingly kill him. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I, I, I know that Black Panther continues, so I know somehow he comes back. But I, I, did, I did wonder, like, how, yeah. how is that going to work out? <laughs> right. And to let him totally sacrifice himself. And then have to really kind of go into a resurrection almost. I mean, it was a little bit too Messiah-like. Right, agreed. Um, but still, <laughs> um, he had to really sacrifice himself for his, for, his, for his way of life and make amends with the people that are really like him and then fully embrace the crimes of his, past, of his family's past, the sins of the father. Right, exactly. And fully embrace the sins of the father and then try to try to make amends for that mm-hmm. recognize them for what they are and say you know this is not this is not right for anyone this you have a fully justified complaint we should not have done this to you that was a crime we that was our bad that worse than that right but um but we but we do need to make amends for this and he 
tried to do that and then couldn't, but at this, and had to protect the people at the same time. We, I, ca- I also cannot let you out into the world. Right. And so I thought if there was any redemption for this poor guy, that would be great. But he was also kind of evil. Yeah. So there wasn't. Well, and it was also you know, he had to die. And then and then you layer on that just the cool factor of that final battle. Not only between yeah, Black Panther and Killmonger, but through you know all the different factions that were fighting yes. each other for you know basically for Wakanda. Yeah, and, and and including spouses, seeming seeming spouses. Yes, you know, yeah. right? Isn't wasn't the leader of that tribe the basic spouse of the general, the mm-hmm. female general? Yep, yep. Um, she had to see him for she had to figure out her own loyalty. Yep. and to see what Wakanda was, and so to, for all of that to end with. Wakanda saying, "Look, we don't ha- we don't have to do this. This is the right thing for us to do. It is right for us to go and help our people that are in the world, mm-hmm. not because anybody's telling us to, because it's just right. Because we can. Because with great power comes great responsibility. Amen. And so, um, and I love the rhino. That that is all. <laughs> <laughs> that is all." Yeah, thank goodness that rhino ended up on the side of good. Yes, right. <laughs> and thank goodness there was redemption for that general. Exactly. You know, there, you know we. I thought I. I'm trying to do what I think is right for Wakanda. I get that, man. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get back on the same side again. Yeah. I really liked the movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, look, and and that's the thing is is the themes as we've talked about go they run deeper than. Well, here's a good guy, here's a bad guy. And and also, the world wasn't in jeopardy. It was this one nation. And they did a great right. job of making you, as you said, you wish Wakanda was a real place. They do a great job of making you care about this fictitious, this fictitious nation. Yes. In the same way that they made, us, awesome. they made us care about a tree man and an ant in yeah. prior movies. You know? and, and And so that's the thing that they've learned to do is tell these stories in such yeah. a way that you get invested. The world wasn't in peril. You know, it may have no. been by proxy... Had Wakanda mm-hmm. completely fallen, but initially the world's not in peril, and and you see people like this Everett Ross who in in Civil War it's like I don't know if I like this guy or not, you know, and then he's right. and then he's getting ready. He realizes that where he's piloting that, Is that one the Martin Freeman, character? yeah, 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 where he's okay. piloting the one where he's in that moment where he's piloting the ship trying to you know chase the other ones down and oh, get yeah. them before they get he's out totally, of Wakanda. He's totally bought in. And and not only that, he's bought into the point that he knows that there's a real threat coming up directly behind him in the real world, not the ver- not the VR world, and he stays long enough to finish the job, knowing that exactly. he could very well die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just knowing that it's worth the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's I it, need I can't let that into my world. It's right. worth my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, I, I, those stakes are high and their stakes are real, I, and that and you felt that. Yeah, and that's a good movie. Everett Ross could be the new Phil Coulson. Yes. You know? We have just started watching um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. We started after we finished our Marvel rewatch, mm-hmm. and we had never watched it because of time, mainly. Yeah. And uh, we have loved it. <laughs> oh, good. Good. And to me, it's been really hit or miss until these more recent seasons. I think have been a lot. Well, we, binge watching is an, an amazing thing yeah. to be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to care too much about what was crappy the week before because you just watched the next one. <laughs> well, and it took me so long to figure out the difference between Fitz and Simmons and to learn other people's names. Like, <laughs> I just wasn't right, that, that invested. Right, but that doesn't happen in binge-watching. Right, exactly. You just kind of catch on yeah, as you go. Yeah, binge-watching's the best. 
But these later seasons... Just watching his ruined TV, yeah. right? But, well, yeah. I will say it definitely gets better because they're able, they, they even out their storytelling in, in the last two seasons to where the first half of a season is one part of the story and the second half is another part of the story, but they're, they're almost standalone stories, but they kind of connect a little bit and, and roll into each other. And so they're actually really good. Um, We're on season, I think, four. Oh, wow. Yeah, we go fast. Yeah. Because the kids watch it, you know, they'll watch an episode at night before mm-hmm. they go to bed or something like that. Yeah. And so we'll catch up the next day if we don't get to watch or we'll watch it as family or what have you. But um, so we watched it real quick. I mean, when we decide we're going to consume something, we can consume it. Yes. Because, you know, Cecilia. So we <laughs> need a brain break. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's not even a joke. <laughs> she's really awesome. She's a really awesome human being, but she's she's her own little source of oh, nuclear power. Yeah, Carissa, just just seeing what she does, I, it's like this child has a great future ahead of her. If if she can just be if she can be wrangled in to survive until she gets there. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, our pastor came over. We had our Holy Thursday Mass, and we were doing some postmortem stuff. So our pastor came over, had a little glass of wine and a little bit of uh, unleavened bread and hummus. Because <laughs> that's what we do on Holy Thursday. Uh, my family, that's not a Catholic thing. Right. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, and so we, he, he knows Cecilia, of course. And um, she was fascinated by him. She kept wanting to come in, and we were like, "No, you go away. We have to talk. We need to talk." And so the kids were in the other room, and we were talking. And eventually, she kept coming back in, and John looked at her and said, "I will get the wooden spoon." And she looked at him and said, "Oh no, oh no, don't do that." She never had a thing in her life. And she ran the other way. I was like, "Okay, God, there's hope. There's hope. Yeah, there's hope. She's afraid of something." That's right. <laughs> Thank God she's afraid of something. <laughs> Bless her heart. Uh, she's awesome. She eventually fell asleep. Well, Carissa, it's so good to talk to you. It's it, we. I did. I meant to say hello and hang up. I'm sorry. That's fine. Look, here's here's the thing that keeps really great in my nerves is how I've been here now two years, and it's like every time we're about to meet up or get together, things go wonky. And so, well, what happens if we actually meet? I mean, it might just ruin everything. It could. I keep saying that. It could. Yeah, no, that's true. No, it wouldn't. Never, never. We're we're fast friends for life. In, uh, indeed, agreed completely. So, well, it's good <laughs> to talk to you. Tell the family I said hello when they all wake up tomorrow. I will. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We'll, all right, you have we'll a great see. night and have a happy Easter. Good, you too, Chris. Today. Yes. We'll see you soon. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. See you. Bye. That is our good friend Carissa, who is, uh, uh, she has been the conscience of the Mixler Zoo crew. She has been, uh, she has been just such a constant presence. And I didn't realize how constant, I'd forgotten how constant until going back through some of those big honking show episodes. I remember when I was on the, on the air daily in the mornings from seven to nine, uh, there at WBYZ down in Hazelhurst, um, when it got to be around Christmas, Carissa sent cookies. And they were special cookies, and they were great. And um, and so she and her family have always been a lot to the Goliverse. All right, from the 970 area code. Hello. Who are you? Where are you calling from? Hey, hey, Steve. It is Roth in Wyoming. Oh, what's happening in Wyoming? Jacob. Yeah, what's happening in Wyoming, Jacob? Oh, we've got about six inches of snow. Oh, my gosh. I envy you. <laughs> 
I don't know about that. It's pretty chilly. It's about twenty. Here. I I envy you. I I start morning as it as the weather starts to warm up. I start going into morning. I love cold weather, and I'm one of these weird people. I lived in Minnesota. I lived in Virginia, and people are like, "Oh my god, I'm so tired of snow." And I'm like, "I never get tired of snow being on the ground. Love it, love it, love well, it." Well, that's love how it is when you, when you live in cold weather, you want the warm weather. When you live in the warm, you want the cold. I gotta tell you, I've never but, wanted uh, the warm weather. When you're when you're a guy my size, you just are like, I, I'm like a bear. <laughs> I'm like, make it as cool as possible. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, so here's a question for you. Okay. So after Infinity War, yes. who do you think is going oh. to be leading kind of the uh, Avengers? Mm. Because it seems like Chris Evans may be done after that second Infinity War. I think Robert Downey Jr. may be done after that Infinity yeah, War. Yeah, I, I saw something about that too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think Chris Hemsworth may be done, you know, for a oh, while, that's for a, a bit. bummer, because I think he's one of my favorites mm-hmm. of those three. Uh, we may see, uh, we may see Winter Soldier take on the Captain America mantle and begin to lead. Mm. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't expect Jeremy, I wouldn't expect anyone that we've seen. We're, we're, we're going to hit, I think after the second Infinity War, I think we're going to hit an era where we may see some recasting begin to take place um, if they want to keep these characters around. Or we may see them kind of skew into what is, you know, what has been done in the more recent comics. I, someone, I forget who it was, and it, I, it may have been Shaz Bazaar, it may have been uh, someone else who was telling, maybe it was Eris Chernevice, who said that he thinks that, um, that uh, Black Panther's sister Shuri... I think is her name. Um, yeah, could be could take the Riri, the Riri Williams role and be Ironheart. Um, I've been seeing stuff on that mm-hmm. on Twitter. Yeah, that's I, pretty cool. I think a lot of people would think that. Of course, Captain Marvel is going to be coming into play. Yeah, I was going to say. So you know, that's it looks like uh, Samuel Jackson's going to be in that. Yes, and Agent Coulson's going to be in there. Yeah, that's well, it's cool. a, yeah, and that actually takes place. That's actually a period piece from, from the eighties, I believe, nineties. Okay. Period mm-hmm. piece. Wow, that sounds weird to say, Jacob. A period piece from the nineties. <laughs> um, so you know she could be she could be a major player uh, as far as leading the Avengers in the future. Um, it could be someone we haven't even considered at this point. You know, you go through the history of the Avengers in the comics, and it feels like that there's always been either Cap or Iron Man um, around to lead. Uh, or, mm-hmm. you know, or even Clint led the West Coast Avengers for a while. Um, you know, there's been a lot of different incarnations of that team. Um, but, you know, honestly, as much as I've loved what's happened and what's been going on, and I know they've got plans through, you know, the next three or four years, it may be best to let it rest a minute, you know, give it give it two or three sure. years yeah. and, and let it rest and, and see what happens, you know. Uh, to, wouldn't to f- be the worst idea for Star Wars either. Oh well, I think one. <laughs> I've come to think, Jacob, that one of the keys to the success of Star Wars in the modern era was there was a resting time, three years between each of those mm-hmm. prequel movies. Um, there wasn't a bunch of things going on at once. You had the books and the comics and everything to fill out your time if you wanted to, but there was something special about fandom. And I'm not trying to be old fogey here. But there was something neat about you know trying to track down spoilers and 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 just and every little piece of news that came out was a big deal. 
and it's not that way anymore with Star Wars. Um, and, uh, you know, because they're one project right into the next, into the next, into the next. <clears throat> I, it does bode well that, you know, Solo drops in May, and then it won't be until, I think, December of 2019 yeah. um, that, that Episode yeah. 9 comes out. And I think that's a, you know, it's going to be good to have a little bit over a year to have to wait again. Um yeah, for new Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. So you know, I, I, so I don't, I don't know, and and I'm not, I'm not advocating or saying that the the superhero genre is has gotten stale or old. Not to, I said at the top of the show, to no, me, it, to yeah. me, it has not. But I do think that you know, there's going to be an interesting quandary. Now, Marvel has mm-hmm. proven, and and I don't know why I would ever doubt Marvel. You know, the Marvel Studios because they have proven. Look. It, with what they did with Iron Man in 2008, Iron Man is someone who I always knew in the comics. I had a few comics, few issues of Iron Man here and there for different reasons. Usually it was because there was another character that I really liked guest starring in one of his comics. You know, so you might have sure. a Hulk Iron Man team up, that sort of thing. Um, but with what, it, but he was not a household name. Iron Man has only been a household name in the vein of a Spider Man or a Superman since 2008, since that movie came about. You know, and now he's a flagship character because of what the Marvel Cinema, what Marvel Studios did with him, and so I have no doubt that they can take whoever they want to, and do the same thing uh, after the Infinity War. Um, but there is something about comic book characters that they're never yeah. completely gone, and so yeah. if you know, if 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 these guys leave. And you know they're written out via dying yeah, or whatever. Three, four years. Yeah. Maybe come back and, and come back as you know being recast as someone you know. Deal, yep. Yeah, and and it yeah. could be a really big deal. And you can still maintain this continuity. You know, I I love the idea of thinking that you know in ten more years there's another twenty movies um, that are still in line with this continuity. And though they're not calling back to the first Avengers or they're not calling back to Ant Man one they are still in that universe and any of these people could pop up at any time. You know, it's comic books, it's comic books on the screen and I, and, and and I love it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird. I get all of my comic book knowledge from you because I've never read any of the Marvel or DC comics. (laughs) That's kind of a scary thought. Jacob, go, go to Barnes and Noble and get you a few (laughs) trade paperbacks, man. I know I've been meaning to, I, uh, because I've been loving the movies, but I, I need to dive into it. Yeah. I'll, sure. I'll be honest with um, you. Uh, do you like to read? Do you read much? Um, reading. Have you seen this? Try, Have you heard I about this? To. Yeah. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I do most of my reading via Audible. Okay. But, uh, I wanna, I'm going to give you a suggestion but, here in a second, if, I, if, yeah, if they have yeah, it. I'm gonna, definitely. I'm going to look real quick and see if they have it. I don't know that it, they, they do, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to, uh, to do a quick search here to to try to give you a suggestion on Audible. And if uh, if anyone would like to do Audible and they've never done an Audible subscription before, you can uh, sign up by clicking on the banner that is available at geekoutpodcast.com. And those things really help out the show when you uh, when you sign up to Audible through that. And, uh, Let me see. No, 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 no. Dadgummit. There is well, a, I can be a grown-up and read an actual book. Well, if you can get your hands on it, it may be out of print. There is a great um, adaptation, novelization adaptation, of The Death and Return of Superman. It was written by Roger Stern back in the 90s. 
And yes, I've and, heard you talk about that. And what he does so well in in that book is is he catches you up on who everybody is. All these different players, all these different tertiary characters. He does a great job of setting them up and um, <clears throat> and and explaining who they are as you get into the story. And then he also does the return brilliantly. Now, if, if you're not really, if you're willing to kind of jump into some comics and not necessarily know who some of these side characters are, um, I would suggest go to go to Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, and go to the trade paperback section. And there, it, it, you can either Save up your shekels, Amazon.com, maybe through the links on the website. You can save up your shekels. <laughs> you, you can save up your shekels and try to do the big omnibus if it's still available of the Death and Return of Superman. Yeah. Or there's like a four or five part trade of uh, of the story of the Death and Return of Superman, and um, it okay. is it, it, to me it's one of the greatest stories ever told in comic books. Um, you know, because what you have is not only Superman. Uh, in his battle with Doomsday and his death, but they did a great job of setting up his return and 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 him coming back. Like you can almost hear John Williams' music in moments of of this thing. That's awesome. Um, so I I know there's a multi-part like thing that'll fit on your shelf real well. I'm not seeing it here on Amazon, so it may be. I, I hope it's not out of print. Michael Bailey would be the person. I'll ask Bailey. In, uh, I'm on the Amazon right now, and there's an omnibus, which I might have to pick up. So, those are pretty. Yeah, ex- I'm gonna have to. Those are pretty expensive, though, buddy. You know, yeah. I got a I got a gift card for my okay. birthday a couple right. months ago. So, right. <laughs> um, and then if you do the, uh, someone the other day was on Twitter or or the Goldiverse Facebook group talking about being into the Marvel Unlimited now for the first time. Um, you know that's a great place yeah. to kind of start because you can bump around. Was that Chris Lutz? Might have been, and he was doing Star Wars comics to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't suggest enough the uh, the the Peter David run of the Incredible Hulk. Um, it, it is it is some of the best. It, it gets beyond Hulk Smash. Um, you know, a lot of people yeah. love Planet Hulk. Um, and and that's okay. Now these are a little bit. Well, these are Kindle editions of, of this book, but um, this is uh, it's called uh, Visionaries, Marvel Visionaries, Peter David, and there's four or five volumes of of trades with his stories in there. And and I, there was some great stuff that he did, um, with that character because he go through all the the Gray Hulk and all this other stuff and, um. And then, uh, and then I love John Stern, John Burns' run on the Fantastic Four, um, you know. And the great thing about that Marvel Unlimited app is you can read all the way back to the 1960s, you know. Which those some of those some of those don't oh, really nice. read that well anymore. You know, there's a yeah. lot of narration, a lot of unnecessary dialogue, but you kind of get the feel of these characters, and you see how much of these characters are established right from the get go. You know, when we first meet them. And how yeah, how sure. well crafted by Kirby and Lee and Ditko that a lot of those Marvel characters are that even now in 2018 they maintain the integrity of who who the character is and um, and then you begin to find yourself trying to branch out and find out more you know about some of these characters or different stories or that was a great thing about reading comics back in the day they kind of do it now again they brought it back but 
you may be reading along and um and find uh <laughs> find find something that is uh you know there'll be an asterisk by something it'll say this happened in such and such book issue so and so and you'll find yourself going to a comic shop digging through back issue bins to try to find <laughs> the story and and that's kind of what got me hooked you know i'm yeah, just looking for, sure. for this annual or that story you know just because of just because a character showed up in one panel and it would say find out all about their adventures and avengers number blah 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 and right. you're like oh my gosh i gotta know <laughs> you know so yeah for sure awesome well yeah i'm definitely gonna check those out and uh I'll leave you with this. I think I am going to become a Patreon donor here. In the oh, man. Days. Well, I definitely but, uh, appreciate it. Yeah. The faith and Star Wars thing that you're talking yeah. about earlier yeah. definitely pushed me over the edge. So. Oh, well, cool. Well, I, I hope it's enjoyable. Yeah. I, I know whenever Shaz, I love getting together with Shaz and doing anything. Um, Heck yeah. And Shaz is the man. Yeah. He, 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 he is absolutely one of the best personalities on in podcasting. And so, um, and so he pitched me something the other day and I, and I kind of pitched him this back and I like the idea of doing it as, you know, getting some stuff laid out for the Patreon supporters again, not because I'm trying to do a money grab, but just to try to be a man of integrity with this whole thing. So, yeah, for sure. Um, but well, yeah, I, him and Schwal were the only reason that ready player one was on my radar and it was phenomenal. Oh, really? So, so you, so, so you saw yep, it tonight. Yeah, I did. Can't recommend Great. it enough. It, did you, it was awesome. did you read slash listen to the book? No, I have not yet. Okay, that is great. my next kind of goal. Okay. Uh, is to dive into that. Okay. But cool. Yeah, I I love the movie. Well, I'm Lots I'm a good uh classic rock and yes. whatnot in the movie as well. Well, I'm anxious to watch it. I I like I say it's it's because I've been looking so ahead to the Avengers Infinity War. Um I yeah. everything else has kind of fallen off the radar. Even Solo's not really on my radar right now until I get through Avengers. Right. Um, just because yeah. this is this is what I've been looking forward to since Thanos turned and smiled, <laughs> you know, in the post credits right. scene in Avengers, you know. Yep. So that's that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. The, uh, the theater we've got here in Laramie is one of those arc screens where it's mm. kind of curved and got yeah. a really good sound system. Seeing that Infinity War trailer on that was absolutely amazing. Oh man, I bet. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty pumped for that too. I, and then what, what? I'm kicking myself because I haven't bought tickets yet, so I may not even be able to go on opening day. But uh, I may have to rectify that right now. I, I did that last week. Yeah. Well. Yep. yep. I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And you know, we'll, you know, we'll be doing Geek Out Louds left and right about it. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, Jacob, thanks for calling in tonight, man. I'm glad you awesome. got through. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Well, you have a great rest of your night, Steve. All right, you too, my friend. Thanks for ta- calling in. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, later on. See ya. That was old Jacob Roth in Wyoming, as as we know him, and uh, and and uh, he's been he's been a constant presence in the old Mixler Zoo crew lately. So thanks for calling in. Oh man, uh, <clears throat> I want to wrap up really quickly with some final thoughts on on Black Panther. To me, what I love about comic books and, and superhero movies is it, good winning out over evil. Of course, I, I love the I love what Marvel has brought to the table in terms of humor. Now, Iron Man was funny right out of the gate, and so both Iron Man and Iron Man Two were. The Hulk lost a little bit of that, but it still had its funny moments. Thor really kicked in. That first Thor movie kicks in with a lot of comedy. Some of it almost slapstick, and and even that continued over into the Dark World. And so Marvel kind of established itself early on. 
um, as as more lighthearted fare. Like we're not taking ourselves too seriously, but we are taking the art of movie making seriously, and we're going to get you invested in character. And um, and what's really interesting is is you go back to Avengers and just post Avengers. A lot of people were complaining about well, Marvel's villains just aren't that great. You know, the the superheroes are great, but the villains aren't. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, all you got to know is they're evil and they're, they're selfish and they want to take over the world or they want to destroy someone or they want to hurt our, our hero. Um, that's what you need. And But I would say as you go through, you know, Loki is, is heralded as one of the great villains. Um, I think as you go through all three Iron Man movies, that Mickey Rourke, uh, uh, just uh, Mickey Rourke's character of Whiplash, Justin Hammer has played... Um, uh, Oh my gosh! Played by Sam Rockwell, and even uh, the AIM guy, Killian—I um, forget his name—is are, are great villains in their own right, and, and what they do and how their their motivations all make sense. Even even uh, uh, Jeff Bridges, Ironmonger in the first Iron Man, I think is a really good villain. He's a good opening villain. Red Skull is just your classic evil bad guy who wants to take over the world. And he has to be stopped, so Captain America must stop him. There's nothing wrong with that. When you get to Winter Soldier, the the intrigue, it's political intrigue that's there throughout. So so the villain ends up being bigger than just Bucky. The villain is actually Hydra. The villain is the whole the, the whole organization of Hydra, and it's a big deal, you know. And so um, I, I I kind of want to I push back against that that idea that the villains haven't been great, and people have really lauded the the villains in in more recent uh in more recent marvel movies and i feel like it's time to let let's drop that criticism from the marvel cinematic universe and let's we can talk about these villains in depth and we can get into which ones were actually weak villains or not very compelling villains and 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 that's fine you know but i i don't think we can dismiss anymore those villains right off hand and let's not forget as i as i joked with carissa this is a movie studio that that made us believe in a talking raccoon and a, and a giant walking tree man in the person of Groot. He's not a tree. He is a tree person. He's a tree man kind of. He is Groot. And and we believe in those characters. And we fell in love with those characters. And even an ant. I, I remember so many people when they saw Ant-Man and they're like, I couldn't believe the ant got it. You know, it's like, you cared about an ant? Why? Because of because of Paul Rudd's interaction with him, because of how well, you know, how he made it matter. He made that little thing matter. And so the character development and the way they're telling these stories is just so much fun, and it's been so good. And, and I look forward to the future of it even more, as we talked about on the last episode. Um, but Black Panther just continued in that vein, I think, of good storytelling with a great point to it. And again, it wasn't too heavy-handed in, in the way that it got its point across. And, and there are some poli- there's some socio-political commentary in there. There's some social commentary that's going on in Black Panther. And, and again, but it's not done heavy-handed. And I'll also say this. I heard someone talking about, you know, as you get online and the online response to, um, you know, just how many people of color were in this film and the fact that it's, you know, a black man leading and, and, and all the supporting cast with the exception of two characters. And that's Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis, you know, are people of color. And, and I don't like that term people of color. It, it I, I know, look, it's, I don't want to get into that. I'm just saying, um, but you, you've got this ethnicity that's there 
that people are celebrating. And here's the great thing is most people online have been celebrating it and not, not doing it in a negative way. It's been an awesome thing. And I think that's great. I think it's good. Um, I, I think that the response, the continued response and continued success though, is not because of the, is not because of the color of the skin of the cast. It's because of the nature of the storytelling the well-directed, well-shot, beautiful cinematography, and incredible acting by everyone involved. And that's why it's a good movie. And, and that's what makes, I think that's what makes all storytelling cinematically great, it, it, are those components. Of course it is. And so I really look forward to spending more time with the Black Panther, even though this is not, and look, I gushed over it, it's not my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. It, it's, to me, it there were moments where it was a little too slow. It was a little too serious, but it was still great. And it was beautiful to behold. It was, it was so, and, and, and Carissa made some great points about it. So, um, I'm really, you know, again, looking forward to spending more time on that character. <clears throat> Didn't mention the post credit scene. Bucky has been cured. Bucky's got his mind worked out. He's, he's great now. And so he's clear to come on as the winter soldier and do some great things. Infinity War, you can't get here fast enough. For those of you who are hoping for some Ready Player One talk, uh, we'll do some Ready Player One talk. I want to definitely do Ready Player One talk with with Shaz. I know he and Schwa are going to be covering that over on Techno Retro Dads. If you're not listening to Techno Retro Dads, what's wrong with you? That's a podcast that is everything that I ever wanted Geek Out Loud to be. They do Geek Out Loud better than I do, so you should check them out. Uh, I also want to encourage you to check out uh, the new Starkville House of L about the show Krypton. I've not had a chance to watch Krypton, Heard some great things about it. But Derek is doing it along with our friend Frank Ramblings, and they're doing a great job over there. So uh, if you're not listening to that, make sure you check them out and tell them, tell them Steve still loves them. And you may hear a cameo from me every now and again on those shows. We can't help but do bits together. You know how it is. The Golaverse is uh, slowly having some life breathed back into it. BigHonkinShow.com is a great place to go right now where you can jump in on old episodes of The Big Honkin Show. And as we get those things put back up, you get to kind of experience history with us. We record live the Big Honkin Show on Friday afternoons, Friday mornings at Mixler.com slash Golaverse. Just follow us at Big Honkin Show to know those details when we do that. Follow us on Twitter at Geek Out Loud. You can follow the entire Golaverse at Golaverse. You can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Don't forget patreon.com slash geekoutloud if you want to support the shows directly. And, of course, those Amazon links are vital. You can use them. They're at geekoutpodcast.com, geekoutonline.com and BigHonkinShow.com. We thank you all for supporting the Golaverse in any way that you can. I love you so much and appreciate your friendship and your patience and your support of these shows. And uh, look, as, as we like to say, stay geeky, my friend. And we'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud. Have a good one, everybody.